Kia ora. Hello and welcome to Liberty Now, the show for discerning minds and common sense. We seek the truth and can think for ourselves. I'm your host, John Bird. Thank you for stopping by. I'll be here with you every week, looking at the headlines, asking questions, and talking to people who are making a difference. Today, we're continuing the conversation with Dr. Sam Bailey. She's a general practitioner here in New Zealand and a research physician with a particular interest in novel tests and treatments for medical diseases. Lately, she's been focused on COVID-19 and in particular, the PCR tests. She's also been a co-presenter nationwide on a television show here in New Zealand that debunks common health misconceptions called The Checkup. And she is a co-author of Virus Mania, a book about how the medical industry continually invents epidemics, making billion-dollar profits at our expense. So we're going to continue the conversation from last week. Let's get into it. Um, now what they're moving towards, um, and you can see this with this latest kind of media move, they want to do these multi, multiplex um, PCR. So where you get your test for things like COVID, um, RSV, influenza in one. And then, and wow. because the idea too is that they want to have these three in one vaccines for those three, Moderna are working on that right now. So, um, right. No, th- I mean, that, that seems like just adding more complexity to an already like exercise in futility to begin with, because I, I know historically we've never been able to, I mean, very rarely have we been able to like nail the, the, particular strain of a virus for the vaccine in any given flu season, if, if I understand correctly. And um, because they um, mutate so quickly, um, you know, and how can we expect with this vaccine that this is any better than what we've seen historically with other vaccines, with yeah. normal vaccines? This, I mean, it's... <clears throat> problems are just it's just seeds of chaos that are, <laughs> yeah. that are being thrown out there and I, I um yeah it's very worrying and I think everything underpins this the PCR test is incredibly important to yeah. appreciate that it doesn't tell you that you're infectious and this is what Carrie Mullis said it doesn't tell you that you're infectious it doesn't tell you that um it's not it's not detecting a virus it's detecting parts of genetic fragments and right. there's no proof that this comes from a virus and and i know it's a it's a kind of it's a hard thing to get your head around um i i you know but i um it's really important that people understand that, that how much pcr is being misused and it's to and it's to create fear it's to create cases and for people to be scared of this invisible enemy Yes, I and I can see, you know, the I can see the media's motivation. There was a uh, video clip from uh, Project Veritas where the um, one of the directors at CNN was caught flat out saying that, you know, fear sells. Well, that's probably always been true for the media, but they just um, promote it and push it more than anybody. <clears throat> um, but they're not the only ones uh, pushing this. You know, we're we're getting the same narrative uh, from governments as well, which is a little disturbing. Oh, 
definitely yeah it's um and I, I again these are all the same themes of, of virus mania it's not just one thing it's you've got basically the media are complicit now and I think that's actually been a big difference what's happened um say this time versus previous yes yep that that was what I was wondering about yeah we we've never yeah. I mean I've seen you know um news items about you know concern about SARS or swine flu you know but but never a reaction like this and to me that this is probably one of the greatest differences is just the the government and media reaction to it yeah exactly and um i mean i think it's very easy for i mean people and and i don't don't blame people like for you see images of coffins stacking up and right. and think well this is yeah. it's very emotive and people yes can't can't see um you know that yeah if you put the spotlight on this it it, it looks um terrifying and i mean i have um you know good friends that are work in icu you know intensive care units they're mm -hmm. they're always full nothing changes nothing has changed it's constantly the same and and unfortunately if you don't have any of those references you think well the media is showing me this so it must be it must be true right and that's where we need to start looking at the statistics and the numbers. And, and, you know, most people wouldn't even begin to question that because they just accept, you know, what they're being told in the images that they see. But it's almost like uh, looking through the little lens on a Ouija board. You know, the media is just telling, showing you, you know, what you're going to look at it at this time. You're never shown the whole picture. Definitely. And, and, and understanding that, um, yeah, how much it, like you said, about the, the fear is the huge motivate this is the huge motivator for right. people what they what they're trying to do and, and you can see evidence of it in australia at the moment where um their their testing has gone up massively um it, <laughs> i mean i saw was it since sydney had like a hundred thousand tests done in one day and this has gone wow. up and and you get you're going to get more the more you test the more positive cases you're going to find and, well right but these are all ace i mean well not all but i mean yeah. many are, are they're still counted as positive if, if they're asymptomatic though which is what i don't get have we ever seen this in history where you're a threat if you're asymptomatic i no yeah short answer no it's um i mean the problem with viruses in themselves is like i said they haven't even been able to show human to human transmission when people are sick it's um right. let, let alone with um asymptomatic and i, I actually think um what happen um particularly with covid is that they had a problem because they have all these positive cases and people who have no symptoms right and there needs to be a way to explain explain it why is this happening and uh i think you know asymptomatic transmission as a term again this is this is the, all these buzzwords these are all new this is not something that's ever been um talked about before and i think it was to explain why there were so many cases of people who had no symptoms so let's call it asymptomatic asymptomatic transmissions happening and i'm not right. denying right. um you know that there aren't of course there are always with epidemics there are clusters of cases where they you know happen together but they it's people who have symptoms and often like we talked about there are 
other reasons, not just viruses that are the cause. And um, you can see it going back. We talk about it in virus mania where conditions like um, beriberi, which is a basically vitamin um, deficiencies, pellagra, um, even they thought a heart, a heart attack was from a virus. And it's um, wow. you know, a lot of these things have actually been shown. I mean, we laugh about it now, but at the time, you know, they didn't know about nutritional, um, that there were these definite nutritional causes, um, deficiencies that were causing right. uh, these symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, do you have an opinion or, or um, what do you make of the significance about the fact that the CDC altered how cause of death is recorded exclusively for COVID-19. They didn't um, change their standards for anything else except for COVID-19. And I will post uh, the link to that um, and uh, you can download the PDF and look at it for yourself um, for those listening. Yeah, I, I thought there was a really, that paper's very interesting to, to read definitely. I recommend people to have a look, but you know, I think um, the thing with the CDC, <laughs> just as a general thought out there is that it's mentioned a lot in virus mania because it has this really long dark history and mm -hmm. um you know one of the other things we talk about heavily and it is about how it's essentially like a vaccine company as well i mean they they have owned so many vaccine patents and there's deep links between cdc and big pharma they buy and distribute vaccines so that's just one area of it problem but obviously with COVID-19 and this re reclassification so what kind of happened is that the CDC have influence um, on this other group uh, which are called the better just double check the national vital statistics um, system uh -huh. so they the CDC essentially influenced them and said change change the guidelines for doctors um physicians, medical examiners, um, and coroners, and say now that, and this is only for COVID-19, that the right. cause of death is, yeah, is, is, is going to be COVID-19. So obviously that what they did artificially inflated the numbers, the mortality statistics. Precisely. Um, and by, and it's something like by 90%. So, um, and why would they do this? Um, I mean, it's clearly, it's, it's motivated, it's to create fear um, and to create huge numbers. So, um, and I think, you know, when, when the pandemic sort of first happened in China, me personally as a doctor, I, I was skeptical about the information that was coming out because you can't sort of, you don't really trust the data that's coming out from China. You're not sure. I don't speak Chinese. I can't confirm what that, that's happening is accurate. Um, right. But I thought once it hit kind of Western countries that we would see real, um, you know, we'd see the real data unfolding and it would make more sense. But clearly you can't trust the statistics at all. Um, the data that's coming out of um supposedly these government organizations and i well, believe right. I, I mean why would you when i mean when they're changing the rules of the game midstream in the middle of the game changing how they count covid deaths so i mean it, i think it gives reasonable suspicion to question you know how lethal is uh covid19 to begin with mm -hmm. um when we, when we see inflated, and I've, I've seen many, you know, anecdotal cases where somebody comes in with a, a gunshot wound or from a, a car accident, motorcycle accident, and they're on their deathbed already. 
and they while they're in the hospital in the uh, intensive care, they're they're tested for COVID while they're there, and they die, so they get marked as a, a COVID death. Um, and I think that might have been part of what, like how they they recoded, right? So I mean, it's clearly there are at least some X number of deaths that that aren't the result of COVID. Let's absolutely we say yeah. that. <laughs> hundred percent. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think it's, it's astronomically <laughs> inflated. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, they say, isn't it, there's, is it three kinds of lies, lies, damned lies and statistics. And <laughs> yes. Yeah. People need to scrutinize the information that they're getting and appreciate that it's not, it's not what it seems. And I think deep down yeah. people feel that people yeah. know that this doesn't make sense. And, I mean, I can just tell you anecdotally, um, John, like I had a, um, I, I knew, so early on in the pandemic in New Zealand, um, I knew of five people that uh, died of COVID-19 and wow. um, through, because I knew someone that was looking after them and they were all end stage dementia patients. They were due to die. You know, this is the end of their time. And that's, you can call it COVID nineteen. You could call it anything. It's right. it's it's being manipulated, and um, yeah, we have to be aware of that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. If you're just tuning in, this is John Verd on Liberty Now on Air. You can also get the links, files, and show notes for this episode at libertynow.com. We talked a little bit about how the CDC altered how they record deaths, um, which gives us reason to question at least how lethal COVID is. Um, I, th I think you addressed that pretty fairly. Um, and, and we've also seen the uh, preventive measures by the likes of uh, Dr. Fauci and, and many politicians. Um, and uh, well, so first um, we, we've talked about how uh, it was spread by people with no symptoms. Dr. Fauci, I think it's worth bringing this up too. He, in public, um, saying that it was a very real threat that was, you know, um, passed on by asymptomatic people, but in private, in emails, we've dis seen disclosed now that he downplayed it uh, quite a bit. So again, that gives us reason to suspect, um, you know, at least how credible the threat of asymptomatic transmission is. But then we get to, um, we're being told to quarantine and wear masks and social distance under threat of force. In many cases, we've seen some pretty brutal force um, in some countries. And yet we see the likes of uh, Nancy Pelosi, um, Dr. Fauci, uh, not heeding their own advice. In fact, there was a video, which I will provide a link for and upload. Um, Representative Wendy Ullman was caught on a hot mic calling mask wearing, quote, political theater. So how concerned should we really be about uh, mask wearing and social distancing if these supposed authorities don't seem very concerned? Of course, uh, yeah, not at all. I, and I made a video on this myself, um, but there was a really good study um, 
done by uh, it's a Danish study looking at it's the only randomized controlled trial which they looked at for COVID-19 and they had some people wearing masks and some you know and this is decent numbers um, and it showed that it was not effective in stopping the spread of COVID-19 um, for mask use. Um, again all these things actually have long established not just for COVID-19 but um, scientific um, background for it for, there's no evidence for any of these things and I think just just on a being a sensible common sense type thought experiment yeah. <laughs> I, when I, I like to use just and so many people have examples of this is um I, I was um <coughs> at a running a running race and there was 50 runners that were crowded huddled together waiting to get on a bus and none of them were wearing masks then they get on the bus and then they will have to wear the masks to, to go to the start of the race. The and then they get off again and they take their masks off. I mean, what, what science is this? I mean, any person can see that this is just ridiculous. And we have lots of examples of that with on plane, on planes and around baggage claims. And it, it just, it, it doesn't make any sense because yeah. well, <laughs> it, I, it doesn't work. Yeah. I, I guess that's one thing I would agree with Representative Mole, uh, Wendy Ullman on it. It does seem to be theater. <laughs> yeah, and it's all part of it. It's all showing that people are compliant. Um, <laughs> yeah, doing as they're told. Um, and it also, I think, it encourages more fear um, mm-hmm. for people that this is this is real. Right. It gives you that visual <clears throat> when you're wearing a mask that there must be something really dangerous happening. Um, but the, the particle size of a virus is so infinitely smaller than the pore sizes of the masks, even unless you're wearing like an NBC mask, you know, it, it's not going to stop a virus. Yeah, I'm further even down the line of thinking there's no evidence for the existence of SARS-CoV-2. It's just, it's that bad. Wow. Um, that why you have to accept um, all the premises. Uh, I mean, even on their own terms, it just, yeah, there's no evidence. Right. Jumping back to, you know, uh, testing for COVID a little bit, I I wanted to ask, I think you've pretty clearly established that it's uh, not a really valid or accurate test to determine uh, whether, even if if somebody may have the the virus as to whether or not they're going to become ill, but it it doesn't even tell if they have the virus, it only, you know, finds particles. But how, how did the PCR test even become the gold standard that it appears to be now? It's a really good question, John. Um, and I think to frame it, virology is quite a lot of magic. <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of magical spells like um, thinking with this and it's a sleight of hand that's happened. Um, so the gold standard can only really be proven if they can do complete isolation purification of the virus you know, from someone who has, you know, the condition and then show transmission. That's that's what the gold standard should be. Um, like I say, SARS-CoV-2 has never been actually shown to exist, um, which is right. a bit of a problem um, for them. But wow. um, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's more stuff um, with this. So I, I think um, in relation to um, who who decided this, Really, it goes back to the WHO um, when, and I'm not sure if people are aware, but the kind of this, there was this whole lot of stuff that happened with Christian Drosten's paper, which was on the PCR test. And 
they actually released the information to the WHO, I think it's something like nine days before it was published, the paper was even published, and mm. um, it's it's very problematic. So essentially that, that is when it became kind of the gold standard through the WHO, and it was um, propagated throughout the world. Um, and I think to understand truly what a gold standard is, is you have to, so for like breast cancer, example, like the gold standard is taking a sample and looking at it under the microscope and saying, yep, this is cancer. Um, that to say that the PCR is the gold standard and it is the it's the only way to determine the diagnosis. So is um, is all this cyclical um, circular kind of reasoning where right. it, like there's no you don't need any symptoms or signs. It's just this is this is this is all you need. Um, and um, another thing I'd really encourage people to look at if they haven't seen it because it's it's shocking is. Um, Dr. David Martin um, had an interview with uh, Reiner Formick, who's the German lawyer that's going after, he's doing some amazing stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. they talked about, they had the revelations about the patents. Oh, it's pretty damning. So essentially all the um, patents for the PCR, for the vaccine technology were taken out years ago. And there's all this is all on public record. Please, I, I would encourage people just to watch it, just to see see the scale of what has been going on. And, um, yeah, so um, I don't <laughs> – the gold standard is a huge problem and the, this PCR test can never – it cannot be used for diagnosis. I mean, it even says this on the – um, and the, the the instruction information leaflet. Right. I, I read that in the book and the instruction manual, it says right there, not for diagnosis. Is that right? Yes. For um, research only? Exactly. Research use only. And the reason <laughs> wow. they do this is because I think they don't want to be sued. <laughs> right, right. For liability. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the amount of money in this is huge, like, I can't overstate how it's billions of dollars involved um, for big pharma, you know, in terms of the vaccines, the testing manufacturers is huge money. It's the same with genomic testing. These are billion dollar industries. Um, and even um, if you think of like tracking software um, companies, there's a lot of people making a, a huge amount of money um, off this. And it's why there's so much investment and it continuing. Right. And that kind of answers one of the other questions I'd had was, you know, why do you think this time around among many pandemics or epidemics we've had before, why is this so politicized and polarizing? And if you, if you follow the money, it's one very good possible answer. Exactly. And I, I, I really believe it, it is about the money um, at the end of the day, um, what this is. And yeah, like I say, there's just so many industry players. Yeah, there's a lot of money at stake. And uh, I mean, it's sad to see it. And we outline this a lot in virus mania as well. It's just mm-hmm. the corruption of um, of scientists, um, of pe- people who ha- have these huge conflicts of interest where they're working for um you know a um a test they they have shares in a test company and they also right. have 
um, positions of power um, in determining the accuracy or the rollout of the test. Um, so, for example, Christian Drosten was uh, the, the German um, person who, who had major conflicts of interest in getting this PCR test out there. And, and it, he's just one. There's, there's, there's a lot of people involved. Um, and I think the other real difference this time is the um, how complicit the media have been. Um, yes. Previously, for SARS-1 and other um, epidemics, the media were actually doing a good job at questioning the politicians um, and the scientists and, you know, putting them on the back foot. And I think that's why those um, epidemics never became COVID. Um, right. Whereas this time, um, as we know, the censorship that's going on, anything that's counter-narrative is, is called misinformation. Um, yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, it seems they've all been using lockstep and I use that term deliberately because um, that, and that's another episode by itself, but <clears throat> there was a, uh, an operation lockstep prior to this pandemic, um, which you've probably read about, but um, it's something that I would encourage listeners to go research for yourself. Just go look up uh, Rockefeller Foundation Operation Lockstep. It's some, it's hard to get your head around so much of that because you think surely people were a good <laughs> good people and and I think right. um and I, I think a lot of doctors are you know um it's not that they're bad people necessarily I just I think they're caught up and they're just doing what they're told and yeah. um yeah. rather than questioning yeah what's happening yeah they've been sort of wrapped up in the pharmaceutical medical model for uh you know better part of a century right um, exactly yeah yeah. One other point I just wanted to touch on is we've seen a variety of uh, government and non-governmental organization responses to the outbreak with various outcomes. Um, which which of those would you hold up as the most successful? Yeah, so is this a trick question? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, just as far as uh, specifically, like uh, I, I think Sweden had a, a much different approach to lockdowns oh. versus um, Italy. Well, my personal opinion is that um, the less control, the less um, forcing of people to do things against their will, <laughs> the better. Mm -hmm. um, and you and you can see evidence of um, the different the different rates of um, cases and, and deaths, uh, even in the United States, where by state where they've looked at lockdowns and how it's affected um you know the, the states that had the harshest lockdowns tend to, to, to do the worst so um right. yeah I, I personally um believe that the the restrictions need to be lifted i really do i um yeah well, I, even, I, I, even if you just look, you know, objectively at uh, the maps, if you take a map, a world map or a country map, um, I've never seen a virus have such respect of borders before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, we talk about I this just, in the book, yeah, in yeah. Rosemania. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, there's, 
there's even historic stuff which is really interesting I don't know just to sorry as an inside um but the you know with thalidomide do you know um oh was- yeah I'm so I'm old enough Dr. Sam I <laughs> <laughs> I remember some of these things from from the past yeah um and that that was a, a very seriously harmful drug or yeah uh, I'm just about to release a, a really good video on the comparisons um, of thalidomide and what's happening with the vaccine and um, uh, yeah. and with pregnant women. And yeah. Um, yeah, one of the the whistleblowers, the original whistleblowers was this man um, in Germany um, who noticed what was happening, that it was from thalidomide. And I think he was interviewed for something crazy. Like he, um, one of the questions to him was, you know, about the behavior of, of, of this. Cause I see it could be a virus, you know, that is causing these birth defects. Right. And he said, well, why would a virus stop at the Berlin wall? Because in <laughs> East Germany, they didn't have thalidomide and um, in West Germany right. they did. And there was no cases of, um, the, you know, thalidomide babies in the East Germany. And right. it's the same idea as that viruses aren't that picky. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Exactly. Technically, if, if they exist, yeah, um, yeah, depending on what you believe, but it's, um, yeah. Well, and uh, and I mean, at this point in history, that one has been proven conclusively. There is no question about what caused those birth defects. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I, I would just, I wonder why people think that, um, that they don't think this same kind of thing couldn't happen again. I mean, we look at, um, you know, not that long ago in history, doctors were recommending their favorite brand of cigarette. I know. And I, I know you can almost, it's, it's black comedy, isn't it? But it's, yeah, it, yeah. it's true. And, and I think, I really think John, um, in within, in time, virology itself will be so discredited. It's, um, uh, over the last 18 months, I, I've come to realize how much um, just falsehoods uh, are going on behind this this lie about everything's caused by viruses. And yeah. and I, the other thing, uh, sorry, I wanted to quickly mention, and I'm sure many of your viewers already have reached this point, but is understanding that the, the, the game is to get vaccines for everything. It's not just... Right. Um, it's not just COVID or viruses. They want vaccines for for diabetes, heart disease, for anything, for for everything and you know anything because it's um the most profitable model for them. And um, yep. you, in order to get people used to having vaccines, this is what they're doing right now. Um, and that's why it's so much coercion involved because they want it to become that you, in order to be healthy, that you need vaccines. <laughs> right. I mean, and if, if you just back away to the 50,000 foot view for a moment and you, you ostensibly that they want to do this for the sake of humanity and for saving lives. And you, you would think they're trying to grow the world population. Well, the, the world population has grown to record levels. We're over 7 billion people on the planet now without the assistance of vaccines. Mm. Um, exactly. some, some people might say that it, the converse is, is the actual motive, um, but we won't get into that at the moment either. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really think so much of the motivation is money, but um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not... I'm not all, all knowing. It's just my opinion on it. But 
So, you know, from your research, and you've been embedded in this um, as deeply as anybody that I can think of, um, what, what do you think is next for us here in New Zealand um, and other countries around the world? One of the things I do with my videos is I, I don't like to speculate. Right. <laughs> because oh, you, no, no, no. I, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll try and give some opinion, but it's, um, yeah, I think it's always dangerous <laughs> yeah. to get it wrong. But um, one, uh, I think one of the things that's lucky for New Zealand in particular is because we're so far away, we can, things happen to us later. So right. I hope that, um, you know, we can watch what's going on in the, in the world at large at the moment and we won't be making the same mistakes um, right. because we can see what's, you know, what's happening. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's a difficult one to call. I think John, um, I think I, I'm very concerned just about um, the, the coercion that's being used for the vaccine rollout and of course, vaccine passports, um, what they mean. Um, but I, I'm, I'm an optimistic <laughs> person deep down and I think um, you've got to give people credit for um, for seeing through this and I, and I, I really think mm-hmm. at the end of the day this is going to cause a huge awakening for yes. people. Um, I'm already seeing that. We really have to just try and hang in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as a, as a fitness instructor and, and somebody involved in, in health and fitness, I think one of the, exercise is medicine itself. Keeping your immune system strong. That's one of the biggest things I can encourage. If, if we can't stop this train, you know, before it becomes any worse, the, the very least you can do is, you know, um, take your vitamins um, and, and boost your immune system through exercise and, and healthy eating. I'm, I'm sure you would recommend the same. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You said it very well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dr. Sam, do you have any other recommended reading? Um, I'm sure we'll put some links together for um, people in the show notes, but um, any, any books or websites or anything that you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for me, I I think I've got a couple that I really would recommend people if they're just interested in um, learning more. One of another really good book um, uh, is called Dissolving Illusions. Um, Mm. It's around about vaccines and it's, it's a really good complement to virus mania because it sort of talks about um, the problems with classification and, and it's, and you'll, you'll like it because it has some more on polio as well. Oh, <laughs> um, interesting. Yes. Yeah, Boy. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Um, that that it, woke me up. I highly recommend um, if, if there's only one book you read and you're trying to understand what's going on in the world, particularly around the the pandemics and the lockdowns, I, I really encourage you, if you could read one book, please read Virus Mania. It's uh, very thorough, very well researched, and very readable as well. So I'm I'm really grateful for your uh, your bravery, Dr. Sam, and uh, your your willingness to stand up and uh, speak your mind about what you believe in and your persistence. Thank you, John. I, it you know it's really lovely for you to say that. I um yeah I I like I say I've said before I I just I feel compelled to do this and yeah. um I've got kids and um right. Uh, yeah just for for humanity i think we have to do something now and um for like for people like yourself i think it's being talking about not being silent is really important too um what's next for you yeah so um well i'm just about to have a baby (laughs) 
Congratulations. <laughs> yes, I, I heard a rumor of that. That's fantastic. Yeah, so that, that's going to take up a little bit of time, but I'm not. Indeed. Oh, I can tell you, I've got three of them in the house here. And uh, yep, they take a lot of time. It's worth it. Yeah. They're, they're great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, I'm going to come back as soon as I can um, and be making more videos. Um, I'm actually just in the process of about to launch um, my own website. Um, it should be ready in the next week or so. Oh, would you um, like to share the, the URL with us? Oh, yes. Um, it's, so it's just drsambailey.com. Yeah, I'm going to continue just doing what we're doing. I'm, I'm affiliated with a couple of groups um, in New Zealand. So um, there's the New Zealand Doctors Speaking Out with Science, uh, the mm -hmm. NZDSOS, and we're really trying hard to have open debate and uh, also uh, talk with some of these medical authorities like MedSafe and other groups try, trying to talk about the evidence of, of yes. what's going on, especially with the vaccine. Um, and the other group I, I've been helping with is um, Voices for Freedom, which are a wonderful organization if you want to check them out. Um, yeah, they, I, I am familiar with them. I really appreciate their um, objective, measured approach and, and staying focused on the science. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, John. Yeah, they are, they're wonderful. And they're not politically affiliated, you know, on any, on any side, they're just trying to, um, I think what the other good thing they do are very helpful with is employment issues when there's been coercion for people to, you know, that they must have the vaccine or have testing. Um, they're a great right. resource. Yeah, I, I think the time is critical. And I, I, I do feel a sense of urgency in uh, getting the word out and getting people to do the research and make their own decision. Don't base your decision on uh, hype and stories you see or um, fact checkers that you might see coming up on you know social media, or certainly not the mainstream media. Do your own research. Definitely. I can't, I can't reiterate enough. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Well, Dr. Sam, I really appreciate your time. Um, thank you for having the courage that you do. And, and uh, I really recommend people read Virus Mania. Thanks again, Dr. Sam. Thank, thank you, John. It was lovely to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, until next time, keep asking questions and be good. Be good.